Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Not once, but twice, we are bringing you an Unreasonable Odds podcast because March Madness is tipping off this week and one is just not enough. Um, So I'm back with you, Julian Edlow, the host of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. We have another special guest who um, is one of my go-to people when it comes to college hoops. There aren't all that many people that I trust. This man is one of them. Nick Greeley, you can find him at Turnstone Capper on Twitter. The tournament is upon us, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Julian. Just happy to be on the show today with you. Beautiful. Uh, We have plenty to talk about, so we can just rip right into it. Um, I figure, you know, people will be listening to this on Thursday, on Thursday night, hopefully uh, getting ready for the tournament. But we might as well start with some first four games uh, and just go through them quick. Uh, Lines are actually moving a a lot on these. Uh, The first one, the early game, Mount St. Mary's upset Bryant in that conference championship game. They're playing Texas Southern. They've moved all the way to a a one and a half point favorite here. Um, I kind of leaned to in my article. I wrote up Mount St. Mary's in a in a pick them. I like the way that they play. They the defense is relatively even Texas Southern has the sixth worst three-point shooting percentage in the nation. Mount St. Mary's right around even. I think that could be a difference maker here. Um, I don't think I'm going to bet on this game. Any Anything you got here? A hard game to really find an edge on. I, I agree with you, though. I do lean Mount St. Mary's there. But Texas Southern's electric. They can't really shoot threes, though. So I think Mount St. Mary's can kind of just guard the paint, affect them at the rim with their size. and That's why I was going to lean them. But ultimately a pass for me. Yeah. Uh, so let's save. Let's just go to the other 16 first. I have I have zero take on on Norfolk State and Appalachian State. I guess in a game like this, like these teams should be relatively close. If there's a three and a half point dog, that seems kind of weird. Maybe just take the points. Um, but I really have nothing strong here at all. So I, I actually have a play out on App State. OK, I'm, the other way. See, you're tricking people yeah, like so me. <laughs> I like App State. I like the momentum they had. I watched almost every conference tournament the game they have. Their guard, Justin Force, very good player. I just think they're ultimately the better team here. I don't think there's a lot of margin here. It probably will be like a five to six point win, but I do think that they get the cover down the stretch. All right, there we go. A play on the 16 seed playing game that uh, that I did not see coming. Um, okay, Drake and Wichita State. This one has moved four and a half points, I believe. Drake opening as a two point dog. Uh, Wichita kind of limping in three and seven against the spread in their last 10. D 
did not look good in that conference tournament, just getting by uh, South Florida as an 11-point favorite. Then they lose to Cincinnati as a four-point favorite. They don't seem to have it right now. I didn't know which way I was going to go on this game initially. And then we hear that Drake's getting one of their best seniors back in this game, about 15 points, six boards a game, shoots almost 60% from the field. Um, I, I locked Drake at, I believe it was just in at around a pick em. Um, I don't love laying the two and a half points on a team that opened up a two point dog, but I, I do think Drake gets this one by like, you know, three, four five points. No, I, I agree right there with you. And Hemphill coming back for Drake is he's, he's a big, big factor for them. I hated Wichita as a favorite to even open up this game, so I do kind of like where the line is now. And I, I agree with you completely. I think this is a play on Drake for a pass. They were 19-1 and one with him in the lineup, Drake, uh, and 6-3 and three without him. So, And I think it was 17-3 and three against the spread. Obviously, he went on a ridiculous start right. to the season ATS, but – 17 and three with Hempel in the lineup. Tough to tough to look past that. Um, and then the big one at night. Uh, <laughs> most people think of these teams playing in a, a national championship final four type of game. UCLA and Michigan State. Um, it's, it's at least a, a fun one just from a narrative perspective to get a game like this on Thursday when we don't have anything else like it. Uh, this one was around a pick and Michigan state. I wrote them up in my article yesterday at two, hopefully you got a better number, but now it's two and a half. Um, for me, like UCLA can easily win this game. It depends totally on what Michigan state team we get. They've hit rock bottom plenty of times this, this year, but I am just going to bet on the talent to be there and Izzo to coach it up in a game when it matters. Um, Michigan state beat Michigan, Michigan state beat Illinois. You're not going to find a team with that type of ceiling playing in one of these games. So I'm just going to close my eyes, invest in that type of ceiling and take Michigan state. It sounds like you're going to be on the same page here. Right. You, you hit the, you hit the ceiling right there. Their ceiling is so high in my opinion, like they beat a lot of good teams. It's March. The narrative always is it shows up in March. You know, they got in. I think this is a very favorable team in UCLA. I don't really like them. I think that they're kind of at their floor. They don't have much of a ceiling. See, I totally agree with you right there. I think it's a Sparty party tonight. I think Michigan State can win with margin here, honestly. It's one of those spots where, like, you know, a lot of these games, and you're somebody that's great at this, we're going to get into analytics, we're going to get into numbers. Like, I I'm not even doing that with this game. I'm just like, if you watch Michigan State play and you see that they can beat Illinois, you see that they can beat Michigan, UCLA can't do that. They're not capable of doing that, and that's all that that's all that goes into this one. And it's going to be a public side, and uh, we're just going to roll with it. Last time I checked, yeah. I think 89% of the bets and money on DraftKings Sportsbook was on Michigan State. Yeah. So we're all we're all rooting for it. We're not trying to be contrarian or anything, and uh, we will see what happens tonight. Um, all right. So moving on to Friday's board um, on Monday, we just kind of went through the bracket in order from top left to going down. Now that we kind of have a schedule out, we're going to go through the games in order of them tipping off, and then come back and kind of touch on uh, on the matchups that we don't know yet because of the play-in games. So first thing to tip on Friday is a 7-10 game between Florida and Virginia Tech. I like Virginia Tech here. I have Virginia Tech in my bracket. I don't know if I'm going to 
bet them, but I kind of like them. They're, they're, this has been floating around between Virginia Tech getting a point and a pick them. Um, I don't love Florida. It just hasn't been their season, but they kind of sneak up with these big wins at, at times. They are a high ceiling team. It was a down year in the ACC. So I, I like Virginia Tech, but I'm not all that, all that confident in it, I guess. Yeah, I'm totally there with you. I think this is one of the trickiest matchups on the whole slate. I got Virginia Tech in my bracket, like you also said, but play-wise, I don't really see much of an edge of that. I think just kind of flip a coin, and it should be a great game. So, Do uh, – just real quick, let's say Ohio State gets through. What kind of chance do you give the winner of this game in a game like that? Uh, well, first of all, I hit on that. I do believe you can make a case. If there's going to be a crazy upset this year, you know, 15 over two. I've heard I this. I do believe Or Roberts is that 15 seed. Uh, their point guard, Admis, averaged 24 a game. They've played five high major teams earlier this year, like Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Missouri, teams like that. And they've competed in almost every single one. So I think they're prepared for this game. Ohio State played – you saw it last week when they left off Illinois. They played two. They played two overtime games, and then a hard game in the middle. So I don't. I know it's been, they've had a week off, but I don't know how hundred percent their legs are going to be. Kyle Young too. Like we don't know what's going on with Young, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if if Young is playing because because of the concussion and everything. So watch out for that. That could be a very surprising and fun, interesting matchup there. You know. If Ohio State does get through, though, I definitely would lean them against uh, Virginia Tech or Florida, whoever they play. I think they match up great. I just think get over the first game, get over the hurdle, and then just kind of run with it after that. So let's just – there's not much else to say about that one. That one's at 3 p.m. on Friday. So let's just finish up that game really quick. It, you, If you feel that way, and I've heard from a couple other people, I heard from even Joe Lunardi on a, on a radio show in Philly. He likes Oral Roberts outright in this game. He thinks this is going to be – this is going to be the one. Um, do we are we liking Oral Roberts at least plus sixteen? Then I don't think we're going to take the plus nine fifty money line, but you got to take the sixteen points, right? Oh, I, I think I think it's too many. Here. I, I don't. I can see the game coming down like Ohio State's comfortably in the lead, maybe with like foul shots, like six to seven, eight point range. But I don't. I don't think the numbers should be crazy here. I think sixteen should get to the window, in my opinion. 16 is a lot, especially for a team, like you said, like, you know, they really maxed out to get that Big Ten championship and uh, fell a tiny bit short against a very good Illinois team. Um, All right. Second game to tip off on Friday, Colgate, Arkansas. This is a popular one in terms of points, in terms of pace. I don't see like and all these. Maybe you can explain this to me better. I'm an eye test guy over a numbers guy, but I obviously, you know, you need to know the numbers as well. Colgate in these analytics, like where they are ranked, um, I, I, I get it. There's something to it, but they can't possibly be that good that they are actually going to be able to hang defensively on the court uh, in some of these games, I feel. Um, so in my mind, I don't know if I'm necessarily laying the eight and a half with Arkansas, but the two things that I'm doing here, like if you're building a two-team or three-team money line parlay on just day one or to cover the first two days in general – I think Arkansas is one of those safe pieces to put in it. I don't see them losing to Colgate. Secondly, I'm confident that Arkansas just offensively is going to run through Colgate. So the the play that I'm writing up in my Friday article is going to be Arkansas first half team total over 40 and a half. I think they can easily hang 50 in the first half here. 
maybe it slows down a little. And the team total is 85 and a half for the game. So it seemed like a little bit of value maybe on the first half, keeping their, keeping their foot on the pedal. Those are the two things that jump out to me here. Um, please explain to me why some people think Colgate is so, so good. It's hard. I mean, they've played, I think, what, a combined like five teams this year, the build up to what the record is and all that stuff. <laughs> It's I easy mean, to get good analytics when you just play the five same bad teams over and over. Right, and, and, and you're coming out of the Patriot League where a lot of teams would have won the Patriot League this year. It was nothing like a crazy hard league to get through. Um, so it's hard to tell where this Colgate team is. I mean, they got some good players. Jordan Burns is, is pretty good. But like you said, I think they're going to bring the pace and tempo. I don't think they're going to change just because they're playing Arkansas and their defense is very vulnerable. So I agree with you. I think Arkansas can put up a lot of points. It's a safe money line parlay play. Um, even if Colgate shoots 50, 60%, I, I still don't think they can stop Arkansas. I still think Arkansas finds a way to a W here. Yeah, I, this is, I, I just don't see it with, with Colgate. And I think we're getting a little bit short of a number that I don't necessarily feel like laying, but it gives the, it makes the money line a, a, a good enough piece to use, I think. Right. Um, On to the 115 game. We got Drexel in Illinois. I, I let me ask it more as an overarching question. Like I generally don't bet 16, one games. Um, maybe sometimes if I like the matchup a lot, like a first half line or something, um, I just never see any of the value of the values and going back. I think the last 40, 16 ones are 20, 19 and one against the spread. So it's just, there's never any, any, any value here. Um, so I, two part question, I guess, number one, What's your take on 16 and ones overall? Is there anything you like in them? Anything you like in this specific one? Number two, this is where we should just talk about Illinois for the tournament. Like what's your outlook on them? Is there any value on them at plus 120 to, to win the region, reach the final four? I like them a lot in this region. I have a plus 2,500 ticket to win it all that I'm, I'm riding. I hope we see them in that championship game in that final four and we'll figure it out from there. No, so I don't really have much of an opinion on uh, Illinois versus Drexel here. The only one game where I really want to – I'm really interested in the one seed is Gonzaga, hopefully playing App State. But either it's App State or uh, the other team, I think it's going to be blowing. Gonzaga's been blowing out these type of teams all year, so I think they're going to be accustomed to it. I think they're going to make some noise and start the tournament. So I'm interested and intrigued to see what that line comes out of. So I'm looking to make a move on that one. Um, and then for Illinois, I think their ceiling's high, man. I in my brackets, I personally have them going all the way to the final, and hopefully it's from Gonzaga. So I have a I have a, a future on Gonzaga already from preseason plus a thousand, and uh, I don't know. I mean, you look at Illinois's path, and it should be able to get past Loyola or Georgia Tech, then probably likely meet up with Oklahoma State there, and I think that's gonna be a great game with them and Cade and everyone. But I think they get through that. So I, I like their chances. I like their region a lot. The Midwest is not too too strong there's a lot of teams that can get upset there so i think oklahoma state's going to be their toughest game in the path to get there um i know they're kind of like a trendy hot team because they have the number one pick they upset baylor like everybody's kind of talking uh, about them um but they're a good team they're much more than Cade cunningham and uh they'll give illinois a good game but the right. bottom there like i'm I mean, we're going to get to those games, but I, I just don't think whoever comes out of the bottom half of that bracket is that tough of an, an elite eight game for, for Illinois. Um, it could be sneaky good. That could be a sneaky good game, actually. But, but I obviously lean towards Illinois there. I'm, I'm really hoping they get that rematch with Baylor because I think that game can go way different than it did earlier this season. Yep, totally agree. 
Um, so let's go to, this is an interesting game. Um, Utah State and Texas Tech. Uh, I think this opened five. It sits four. It's taken some big bets on Utah State. Utah State's a very capable team. They've got their experience against solid competition in San Diego State, a team that they beat twice during the, uh, during the regular season. Um, Texas Tech has Mac McClung, but they have a lot of holes after that. But they are also a, te- a, a conference that you don't want to underestimate in this tournament is the Big 12. Like if anybody's tested, it's the Big 12 because you play a real game every night. Um, I'm not, I don't think I can bring myself to bet this game. I, I like Texas Tech to win it, and I, I don't have, have much else on it, really. I came close, very close to betting on Texas Tech officially. Um, I did ultimately pass just because they have not been great. Like, I think they're like 3-7, and seven, their last ten against the spread. Yeah. Um, they've been really good teams in that run at home, not on the road. Um I do believe Mac McClellan is going to have a signature game. It's Chris Beard. He's known for March, you know, making these teams go on great runs. Um, Utah State-wise, I mean, their big guy, Keita down low, he's got good vision and can kind of shoot outside. But he's kind of soft. So I kind of think Santos Silva, if he says out of foul trouble, can kind of contain him and limit him. So ultimately, I lean Texas Tech here, but just not enough to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, this – it's not a it's not a betting game, but I think Texas Tech is a popular team to put through in in brackets. Um, all right, here's another ridiculous one sixteen Baylor and Hartford. Um, congrats to Hartford. Feel good story. You're in the tournament for the first time. Here's Baylor. Um, I don't. This is a this is the one outside of you know we don't know Gonzaga's matchup yet, but. This is one where I would consider a first half play at like 14 and a half, 15. I think Baylor comes out and just throttles a team that is happy to be there. You could go with the first half team total instead, if you're just more confident in the points and maybe they don't show up as much defensively. Um, I don't really know what, what else goes into the thought process um, in terms of Baylor, not just absolutely dominating this game, but I'll just say, if you're going to bet on it, I like betting on whatever you like in the first half over the full game. No, I totally agree. Just get the stars in, do the damage in the first half, you know, and then probably try to wrestle them, you know, the last 10 minutes of the second half. Hartford is, from what I've seen them, they're, they're not really impressive. I actually faded them earlier with a line just similar like this when they played Villanova. It's like minus 23, and, and Nova came in comfortably. And I think a few months later, Baylor's better, Hartford's better, but I don't think it matters. I think this is a Baylor play all the way. I think it's going to be a route from the jump, so – 100% on board with you on that first half and full game. All right. So while we're here, we might as well touch on Baylor uh, long-term in the tournament. Um, I have them. Um, I hope we get that Baylor-Illinois game. Like you said, that yep. could be like the game of the, of the tournament. Um, I, I think it's very tough to call. I'll be rooting for Illinois, given my, my Illinois plus 2,500 ticket. Um, I've bet Baylor to the elite eight Baylor to the final four and have tickets on that. I'm pretty comfortable with them in that bracket. Uh, like Ohio state, I I don't think they can get them. We're talking about oral Roberts, potentially Arkansas just can score, but I don't think they can get them. Texas tech. Are they going to get there? Um, like UNC, I, I like UNC a lot. If they didn't get the Baylor draw here, I think they're a team I could see making a run in the tournament, but not anymore. I think UNC is, you know, Purdue or Nova could get there. I think UNC might be their toughest game until they they, they get to Illinois. Right. Now, that's 
I think it's a weak region for them, honestly. I know it's chalk, but I, I don't see them struggling. I think they can go on a great against a spread run as well here and just blow teams out. Um, and I'm not so sure if UNC or, or Wisconsin will, will be their hardest game. Like I understand for both angles, they can both bang down low with them and stuff, but but guard wise, when you got the three headed snake for Baylor and saying it all year, those guys are just so good. They can take over games, they can win you games. I think this is a Baylor team that gets Scott Drew over the hump and they make a nice run here. Yeah, it's one of those years, like, you don't want to go too much chalk, but, like, right. you just don't see where they trip up there um, right. winning that region. Um, here is an interesting spot. I really wish I got this one early. Um, I didn't, so now you just leave it alone. I had Georgia Tech in my bracket. I've switched that to Loyola Chicago because that's what ha- happens when the ACC Player of the Year is ruled out, and this one goes all the way up, balloons to five and a half points. I don't know what you do with it now. I think Loyola Chicago wins, but I'll give it to Georgia Tech that they're a very scrappy team. I like them a lot. I rode up and played them plus a thousand in the ACC. We got extremely fortunate that they just had to beat a 13 Miami, then get a bye, and then you're there ready to hedge in that FSU game. Uh, I like the team. I just don't know how you can how you can back them here. Right. Without Moses right in there, man, it's going to be very tough for him. I kind of lean Loyola to begin with. Um, just that's all like Alvarado at the press conference, how emotional they were. I was a little worried about a hangover, you know, stuff like that. And now the lines ballooned up to six. It's almost making me think make a play on Georgia Tech here. That's just too many. They're not going to go down fighting. Loyola's offense isn't great. So, so are they capable of winning by that much? So it's kind of flipped my whole opinion on it now. I kind of lean Georgia Tech getting six. I just think it's too many, even without right. Yeah, that was going to be my next, next question. If this one goes six, six and a half, like. Right. I think it's a play at that number. I really do. Pretty, pretty tough not to back back Georgia Tech there. Um, okay, here is uh, the first thing that I bet when the bracket came out: um, the Oregon State Tennessee game. <laughs> I do not like Tennessee. I very much like Oregon State. I have this twelve five in my bracket. I have a sprinkle on the money line. The biggest thing that I've bet so far is Oregon State eight and a half. This moved all the way to seven, I believe, on DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't know how, I don't know why, but it is back at eight and a half, and you can you can get that original line. This is my favorite spot. I'm going to be rooting for Oregon State to uh, win this game. They are 10 and one against the spread in their last 11 games. They have won, I think it is seven of their last nine games. Six of those seven wins have been in, as underdogs. The other was as a one-point favorite, so a near pick them. Um, their three wins in the Pac-12 tournament to win the Pac-12 were by a combined 22.5 points as underdogs, if you just added all those points together. Um, and here they are. They're, this isn't like a, a Georgetown team that we didn't even know what they were coming into the Big East tournament. They just put together that run. This is a team that the whole second half of the season has been tremendous against the spread and playing a lot better basketball. Tennessee passes all the numbers tests. They don't pass the eye test, in my opinion. They don't have scores. I think they can really get stuck in the mud. Um, try your, if you want to play devil's advocate at all, try to try to make the case, but I'm all over Oregon State here. So I think the line may have moved because I think Fulkerson might be gearing up to play for Tennessee. Okay. But – I just think that gets better for Oregon State backers, honestly. I do think Oregon State spread-wise is a great play. I love that play. I have a future on Tennessee from earlier in the year, and I'm not hedging it here. I, I think they get past them. 
I like Pons a lot and Springer and company and Rick Barnes. Uh, Oregon State's been great, though. It's, and Tennessee's offense has not been great. So I think that eight and a half, man, I think that's a great number on Oregon State, and I would take that as well. But ultimately, I do think Tennessee can get past them. But I think it's a one-possession game at the end, maybe two. Eight and a half just way too many, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, it wouldn't shock me if Tennessee won their favorite by eight and a half, but just getting something on that on that plus three forty money line, like oh, it's value even if, for sure. Even if you don't believe in them winning, like by the time we get to the second half of this game, you can probably hedge on Tennessee oh, in, no like minus two hundred or whatever yeah. on on a live line, minus one fifty. Like, yeah. I just don't see how Tennessee comes out and just blows this game open, um, and is threatening to win by like double digits. I, I just don't see how it gets there. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, all right. So on to Liberty and Oklahoma State. Liberty's taking some money. They're becoming a shorter and shorter favorite. And Liberty's a respectable squad. Uh, like, I have nothing bad to say about them. I just don't know how they're going to handle Oklahoma State. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned about laying the points. I don't want to do that. But if we're starting to, like, build a money line parlay, we have Arkansas as a first piece. I'm very comfortable with Oklahoma State as a second piece. I don't see them getting upset here, um, but potentially, you know, a, a good team in Liberty hanging around a little bit. It's as easy as if Liberty's making shots, they're staying in the game. I watched them earlier in the year when they're making shots and they beat some good opponents and they lose a TCU by four. Um, I think Oklahoma State covers here. I think they comfortably win this game. The emergence of Avery Anderson for them has been huge with, with Kate yeah. and Michael. They're a good team. They're a great team. I, I don't see them getting tripped up here at all, to be honest with you. I think this is going to be a 10-plus game for them. That's what I love about Oklahoma State. Everybody, the casual fan knows Cade Cunningham, mm-hmm. um, but they have bodies well beyond him. Uh, yeah. And if they did not have Illinois right in their path, if like if they were on the bottom half of this bracket, I, I would have them in the Elite Eight for sure. I, I, um, I totally agree with you there. So uh, tough, tough draw, I guess, but – there's, you know, there's three, maybe four very good teams in this tournament and, and teams are just going to run into them. So my thing with them was they got the four seed, West Virginia, the three seed. They beat them back yeah. to back. And then they beat Baylor in the tournament. What, so that, exactly. that, that right there, just, you know, I respect I was, that. That was a crazy one. I was very surprised that they were a four. Um, and you could easily swap West Virginia and, uh, and Oklahoma State. Nobody would have batted an eye and I would have Oklahoma State in the Elite Eight. Uh, because I think the bottom half there can be a little bit dicey. Um, okay, Wisconsin and North Carolina. Uh, this is something I've bet. I bet UNC minus one and a half. I, I like North Carolina a lot in this spot. I think Wisconsin um, is somewhat overrated. Uh, I did a futures article. We had like a selection Sunday tab on DraftKings Sportsbook where you can bet on teams seeding basically. Wisconsin was set at six and a half, which I thought was ridiculous. Uh, so we went over there, not even close. They get a nine. Um, UNC is a team that I would like, if they were a seven or a 10 somewhere else, I would, I would have them potentially making a run. They're going to see Baylor here. Uh, if they, if they win, obviously, you know, Wisconsin's not a, a layup here by any means, but I just like the matchup for UNC. I think they have the, the higher ceiling and the potential to, to roll in this matchup. Wisconsin's been nothing special lately. No, I love it. What if you look at Wisconsin's schedule? They beat the bad teams they're supposed to beat. They haven't beat any. None of the good teams are supposed to beat. They or they're not supposed to beat. They haven't won a good game. Um, what worries me here just a little bit 
is North Carolina to start out strong usually. They're more of a second-half team. Um, they have a lot of, like, younger guys playing, you know, for guards in the backcourt yep. versus Wisconsin's got a much veteran group. So I think that this we could get a great live play at halftime on UNC here. Um, so I'm waiting on that line, but yeah, I think UNC wins this game. And the fact that Roy that Roy is 29 and 0 in round ones is crazy. Just, you know, I don't care if you're a one seed all the time. That's a staggering number right there. So you know, that's a good trend to follow, in my opinion. Hopefully, he gets a 30 and 0 here. Yeah, obviously not many uh, not many near pickums in the first round for for Roy Williams, but he wins them all. So that's that's not a bad thing. Um, yeah. All right. So if you want to split the difference there, you know, I'm on UNC to start the game. Maybe, maybe you go, maybe you go smaller on that and wait and see if you can get them at plus money at halftime. Um, I don't think UNC is going to blow out in the first half. So I don't think you're going to, you're going to miss anything too bad there anyway. Um, Cleveland state and Houston, Houston is in my opinion, the weakest two seed, but they are the largest favored two seed um of the group i don't have much of a take on this game um i think houston could go down early in the bracket i wish this is one of the reasons i wish oklahoma state was on the bottom because they would have a a more dominant path i guess uh but i know you got something on this game i don't um where are you going here so we have reverse thinking here because you like them going down early i think Houston can make a run and i think that they have potential of a final four birth um Cleveland State is, is is not big. I don't think their offense is great. I really don't like the the, the makeover of the, of the roster other than go million and patent for them. And Houston can go, man. You look at their games, it's either like it's as easy as Memphis last week, they they barely won as a close game. And then the championship was against Cincinnati and they and they they blew them out. I think Houston can win by 30 here. I really do. Um they're very efficient at the rim. They can score at all levels. They have players. They have the coach here. I, I don't think they're they're going to be hung over from winning the American. I think this is a route here. I think they cover the trifecta team total first half full game. I'm on the full game minus 20, which what it currently is a DK right now. So I like that one. I'd lock that one in right now. All right. So I'm not concerned about Cleveland State necessarily, but when we start getting to these real games for Houston, here's what I want to know. Because when they play decent teams in their conference, they seem to turn them into battles, like those last two with with Memphis, one of which that regular season one, which they were extremely fortunate to win with a ridiculous heave at the the buzzer. Um, Talk me into why Houston is going to win some of these grinded out games with whatever against a... Rutgers, a Clemson, a West Virginia, a San Diego State, a Syracuse, whoever. Well, one, I, I just I love the Houston team, but then two is a fade on all the other teams. Clemson Rutgers, I think, is the worst matchup in the bracket. <laughs> I agree. Rutgers hate Clemson, so so it's a fade on them. And then honestly, I think WVU is prone to get upset the Morehead State. I think San Diego State is prone to get upset the Syracuse. So you're gonna have some muck up battles there. Uh, and Houston should just unscathed by it's rather easily have fresh legs to where they get, you know, either probably Syracuse or West Virginia, I'd say, maybe San Diego State or Moorhead. Um, I just love their path there. I really do. And I think they meet up with uh, Illinois there or Oklahoma State or someone. But I, I just really like Houston's path right there. I think okay. it's pretty easy. So this is more more on the path side than the Houston side. You like Houston, but if you had to say, well, this is why I like them to go so far, it's the path. Absolutely, because I, I, I like Alabama slightly more than Houston, but I think Alabama has, you know, a great 7-10 game there if UConn, you know, 
and then Boy, versus like Rutgers clumps is not good. I just think it's a much easier path for Houston right here. Yep. Okay. That totally makes sense. And that's something that people don't, you know, people fall in love with teams and uh, you know, the, the team has to play well, but the path is a huge, huge yeah. part of this. So that's something, sometimes you got to just take a team that you don't necessarily love because the path is, is there for them. Um, North Texas, Purdue. I'm very tempted by North Texas. Um, I kind of, if I bet this game, it'll be North Texas plus seven and a half. Purdue's good. Uh, Purdue's scrappy. Purdue's got size. One of the things I like about North Texas is that at least to get here, they had to beat, you know, a Western Kentucky team that's very capable of being in the tournament who have a big guy in Bassey uh, that they had to, you know, somewhat contain to get here. I don't love this game. I don't love Purdue, but I could easily see Purdue being in the Sweet 16 against against Baylor. Um, this is just one of those path things like we're, we're just talking about. Uh, do you have anything on this game? Any any future thoughts on Purdue or anything? Not a lot on the game. North Texas plays stifling defense. They have actually like, – they kept in check Bassey. They kept in check when they played earlier this year. WU, they kept in check Culver. So they played bigs pretty well here. I just don't think their offense is good enough. I don't think their defense is good on the soccer too. Um, I, I don't have Purdue making it far, honestly. I think they could beat the Nova in uh, the round of 32 here. So I think it's a short, sweet exit for Purdue here. So you have Villanova making the Sweet 16 against I Baylor? Do. Yeah, so I, one of my favorite plays of the weekend is actually Villanova versus Winthrop, which is the opposite of the public. Uh, I know the public loves Winthrop. 22-1 and one or 23-1, and one, whatever the record is. Only one loss, though. I think it's fraudulent, man. The, the best team they played all year was UNCG or Furman, who, I mean, doesn't really do anything for me. Nova doesn't have Gillespie, obviously. That's a big story, big narrative. But I honestly don't think Jay Wright – I don't think they care about the Big East, man. Everyone say they got beat to Georgetown. Look how they lost to them. You know, they had won it three years in a row. So was it meaningful this year? I don't know. And it's more prep time, you know, without Gillespie this whole weekend. And Jay Wright even said that they had a three-hour practice. So, I think they're ready. I think they beat Winthrop by 10-plus. I think they beat Purdue. And then ultimately, when you're playing Baylor, you know, that's a totally different game. We don't have Gillespie. I think that's where he they need him. And, and that's where I think they lose finally. There's – yeah, I, Villanova has no chance in my mind against Baylor with the – down the bodies that they're down. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, Villanova to make the Sweet 16 is now a con- – contrarian opinion and that Villanova to win in the first round as a five seed is now a contrarian opinion is one that I think is ridiculous. I have Villanova over, we'll just stick to this game. This is the nightcap on, on Friday. Um, I have Villanova in that game in my bracket. I wasn't sure if I was going to lay five and a half or six. Um, You seem very confident in it. Corby who was on on Monday seems very confident in it. So maybe I'm going to get talked into just laying the points with Villanova. I was thinking about them in a as a money line parlay piece i thought was kind of safe Safe. everybody winthrop is the sexy 12 seed this year um but like you said like you know you see the one loss and people maybe get taken aback by that but this is when you pick these teams to win you want them to be tested yes uh and have played teams winthrop has not seen anything like villanova they have played a bunch of teams that are like winthrop and they just happen to be the best of, you know, those, those lower tier teams. Um, so that's just something huge that I'm, I'm always looking at in, in this tournament and, and Winthrop just does not check that box in terms of having any tests, which tells me that Villanova, even with, you know, you know, the next two guys up on the floor, they will have enough, uh, enough to get by this game. 
Yeah, Winthrop only has, in my opinion, two good players, Vaudrin and Burns down low, but they haven't played anyone close to uh, Villanova. So I just think it's a step up in class. And I can see 10 plus for Villanova pretty confidently. All right. I'm with you there. Uh, my least favorite team in the country, when they are on the clearly on the wrong side of the bubble, they always run, wind up on the right side of the bubble. That would be the Syracuse Orange. Uh, here they are yet again. Um, San Diego State. I, I almost just like no analysis because every time they wind up here when they're not supposed to be here, they go to like the Elite Eight or something. So I was like, all right, let's put Syracuse on a run. But then you look into the matchup, like San Diego State is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. How do you beat a zone? You shoot, you make threes over it. And San Diego State can, can do that. They have some better players. Uh, Buddy is on a tear from downtown. If a team can finally limit him from, from doing that, that's going to give uh, – that, that's how you're going to beat Syracuse because he's just been knocking everything down. You need to get a hand up, get a body there, and not let him hit those threes. And it, life's going to become much easier. Um, so I almost just out of spite went Syracuse, and then I looked into it and am using my brain, and I'm liking San Diego State more and more. Uh, where are you at here? San Diego State, they can shoot the ball, man. Uh, they're like top 30 in the nation from three, I think, a percent. Yep. That's how you beat a zone. You, you shoot them out of a zone. Obviously, they're not going to go out of it. But uh, you, you shoot them out of it. And they go off the rebounds. Um, but like you said, the narrative and everything, man, when Syracuse is not supposed to get in, boom, they make a run. And I'm following the script again, not even for that. I think they can beat San Diego State. The WVU – I, I, I kind of think WVU is the, the 14 over the three here. So, you know, Syracuse gets more at state, and I think they beat them as well. It's a pretty favorable matchup. So, I, I got them going to the Sweet 16 again. So, all right. This is what happens. Um, the last, yeah, happens. Yeah. The last Friday game we need to talk about, and it is an interesting one because I've now heard this a couple times too Moorhead State, West Virginia. I have no bet on this game, uh, but I think the more interesting storyline is that some people do like Moorhead State. They're a scrappy team. This is not a classic press Virginia team. This is a totally different paced West Virginia team. Uh, it's, it's one of those weird spots because, like, I could see West Virginia slipping up here, and I could see West Virginia in, in the Elite Eight uh, against Illinois. Uh, so this is more of a, like, a key spot in the bracket uh, how do you have them getting upset? Do you have them in the elite eight? Like, how do you do this? Uh, you uh, sounds like you're going more head state plus 13 here. I, I, I definitely lean more head state plus 13 here. And I'm a West Virginia fan. I love their roster this year. Um, they've been, they've been stuck on Huggins 899th one. And I don't think that 900 one is going to come to the next year. I really don't. Um, when you need West Virginia the most, they let you down. I don't know. I think Moorhead State's really good. They came out of the Ohio Valley Conference, which is a really good conference. They beat EKU and Belmont, who are really good teams. I think they're ready to go here. I think they cover this number. And then the money line, I think, was in, like, in the 600, 700 range. Let's see. Um, plus 700. Right, plus 700. I mean, that's giant. I mean, throw a few bucks on it, I think. I think it gets to the window. But this should be a great, fantastic game. And, you know, like you said, once you gets over this hump, they can make a run probably. So I, I it's, it's a very tricky bracket game right here. So. All right. That's, uh, I still don't know what I'm going to do there, but. <laughs> so tough. That's the toughest like little spot, like who can early accent and who can go far. I think it's West Virginia, man. 
I, so on Monday, I was talking about a West Virginia plus 350 Elite Eight ticket, which I think is almost like a like you could almost hedge a West Virginia plus 350 Elite Eight ticket with enough to maybe like get your money back just on Moorhead State money line. Uh, but that leaves a lot of in-between oh, ground to, to get slipped up. Um, maybe you can do something there. I don't know. I, I have no idea. This is a part of the bracket that I am not confident in. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's the toughest one right there. All right. We have made it to Saturday. The first game to tip on Saturday, Georgetown, Colorado. Everybody loves this 12 over five. Um, I This one got down to four and a half. Now it's back up to six and a half. I'll take Georgetown plus six and a half. I think I haven't bet it yet, but that's something that I would be interested in. We like Georgetown was so inconsistent all year. I don't know. Like I know where that Oregon state tournament run came from. I don't know where that Georgetown tournament run came from, but they were very convincing in the process. Uh, Down year. I know I've backed Oregon state already and I like Oregon a lot as well, but it kind of a down year in the pac 12. Uh, We did talk down on UCLA Colorado just has slipped up. They, they have some bad losses. They've shown the ability to slip up and Georgetown is, is kind of thriving right now. Let's hope they can maybe keep some of that momentum this week, but I don't mind the upset. Yeah. I have the upset at least in my bracket. So at six and a half, I, I can be talked into Georgetown. Right. I would, and I would love to see this upset here. I love Ewing. I love the team Harrison Blair. They're great. We'll hop down low. They're good. My worry is, I watched him at some of the press conferences after, man. And he is on the ultimate high right now. So right. With players. Um, one thing that's going against Colorado is they, they may match up great with Georgetown. Um, is this it's a twelve it's a twelve Eastern time tip, so it's like nine a.m. in Colorado. True. That kind of worries me for a slow start. You don't want Georgetown to get off hot because they can keep that momentum running. So uh, tough game to bet, but I would lean the Hoyas with you right there at the spread. And I'm cheering for them to win the game. So I love this Georgetown. <laughs> So, there we go. I can see him make it on here. A team that I can't uh, <clears throat> seem to figure out is Florida State. Uh, they look the part. They have the bodies. They have a coach that makes tournament runs, but they lose some inexplicable games. I, I would love to go against them, but I don't right. believe much in UNC Greensboro. So this is like a this is like a path thing. If there was another thirteen here. Uh, I, I would feel more more comfortable. I, I think FSU wins. I have no bet on the game. I, I'm a big UNC guy. I love Wes Miller, the point guard, Isaiah Miller, and the SoCon. He's a, he's a monster. He just will D you up the whole game. He's gritty. He's nasty. But down low, athletically, physically, man, Florida State has so much depth. Yep. Just, you know, easy as that. They should score the win whenever they want. So, yeah, I think Florida State advances pretty easily here. Yeah, that's a stay away game for betting uh, for me. A game that I do have some interest in betting um, in the the kind of COVID bracket, the West, the top top left where where uh, the Zags are. Eastern Washington and Kansas. Uh, I think Eastern Washington getting those double digits, getting ten and a half here against Kansas, who is going to be down at least one body, perhaps more. Uh, that being Jalen Wilson, who's a, a key contributor there. I think Kansas does probably find a way to win this game, but I, I, I think it's going to be a game. Uh, so if you're giving me 10 and a half, I will take a very good Eastern Washington team here with the points. Yeah, I've been saying all year, I think Kansas is an overrated. I just don't think it seems that good. And then you take away Jalen Wilson now. And I agree with you. I think Eastern Washington gets in the cover there. So 
But yeah, right. Kansas should they should win ultimately, but I don't know. That that game could be another 14 over three right there. So that would see, I can see it. Eastern Washington is very good. Uh right. we'll see where that one goes. Um this one, I, I can't figure out the side. I've talked to people that are on both sides. I know you are on a, a side in this one. St. Bonaventure and LSU. Bonnies win the A-10 convincingly. I bet on them in all three games. They were extremely clutch. Uh, they looked fantastic. LSU goes right down to the wire in the SEC championship game with Alabama, has a chance to win it. Um, they can really score. They have some athletes. They have some bodies. I'm, as of this morning, Thursday morning, leaning towards LSU, and you are going to now try and convince me why I should go the yes. other way. I am on the Bonnies. I mean, the, I love the Bonnies. I mean, just everything they're about, great coach, great team. They have every piece you need to win. The one thing that scares me is Cam Thomas, in my opinion, is top 10 draft pick. He is great for LSU. Um, but my thing with LSU is I, I don't really like Will Wade as a coach too much. Um they're really nonchalant a lot of the times. They take bad, horrible shots, and St. Bonnie's, man, they'll do you up the whole game. Yep. They, they don't turn the ball over. The key thing, and I can't stress it enough for St. Bonaventure, so they only go about six deep. Don't get in foul trouble. You get in foul trouble, you get Oceani down out, and that's their only protect and rebounder. And I saw against VCU, as soon as he came out, luckily we were up 18. VCU, boom, instantly cut it straight at like 10, 9. Um, so stay out of foul trouble. You get in foul trouble, it's a live play LSU for me. But they stay out of foul trouble, it's Bonnie's all the way. So, and I think the Bonnie's can make a run here. I think either Bonnie's or LSU, LSU, whoever wins this game, I think that they can beat Michigan. So, if assuming Livers is gone with that that foot, right. um, changes everything, which, you know? which could be a broken foot that easily makes Michigan the most uh, the most vulnerable of those one seeds. Um. I, I want the Bonnies. I'm an A-10 guy. I'm a roadie Ram. Uh, I pay attention to this conference. I, I, I always bet on I always bet on an A-10 team like Moneyline in the tournament every year, and they lose by like 40. And when it opened up, I was like, it's going to be the Bonnies. Then I talked myself into LSU. This game. Uh, we'll see. It's, where it's going to be a great game. It's one of my favorite round one matchups. So. It's a good game. Um, I'll know where I land on this game on Saturday at 145. <laughs> yeah. Um, Creighton and UC Santa Barbara. This is an interesting one. It's a popular 12 5. Again, uh, Creighton is super talented. Um, I can see them making like a sweet 16 run and running into the Zags up there. Or I can see USC Santa Barbara keeping this one close. And if it stays close at the end, this is exactly how Creighton loses it because Creighton cannot make a free throw for their lives. They can knock down contested threes, but they cannot make a free throw for their lives. 300 and whatever. If I don't need to look at it uh, in free throws, UC Santa Barbara is they they make their free throws. They're a very good free throw shooting team. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I feel like Creighton is going to survive it based on talent. I will never lay points on them in this tournament uh, considering the free throw woes because they can just give back, you know, four missed free throws right away, and then you're not going to cover. Uh, but I think they win. Where are you going here? High ceiling for Crane, low floor for Crane. Where are you going to get from them? Um, UCSB putting together a strong resume, 22 and four. Um, I like their team. I like how they can play down low, and 
I don't think Bishop in the backup for Crane is all that great down low. Uh, I think it's all to Zagorowski, man. If, if, if he's hot and he's going, the whole team's going to be going with him. If he's cold and he's not clicking, I think I, I think the Gouchers can win this game. So I actually have UCSB going in on my, my bracket. I do have them covering the number here. But I think it's a great game. This sounds potentially like one because you can kind of see it with Creighton. This sounds like a game that I might be interested in getting in live. Like if yeah, it doesn't go well, if it doesn't go well out of the gates, maybe you just grab uh, UCSB with some points. If Creighton looks good, maybe you try and get to the num get to a shorter number before uh, before it balloons up. This is one that I need to watch before before investing in at all. Absolutely. Uh, an interesting one here, Alabama and Iona. I, I love Alabama. I've been betting them a lot this season. Uh, I cashed a plus 465 on them to win the SEC, uh, getting them somewhat early, even though there were even more ridiculous numbers early on. But they're a little banged up. They have a couple of key guys banged up, and uh, Iona went on a great run through their conference tournament. They have a coach that can coach in the tournament in, in Rick Patino, who – I did see was only four and six against the spread in the first round, but he's also, you know, those are, he's been the 17 point favorite plenty of times in the first round. This is a, a completely different scenario. If you made me better, I'm taking Iona with the points. I, I'm probably not going to wind up betting it, but uh, I, I've heard a lot of opinions here. It's, it's tough, man. You think 17 is a lot here. And I like what Iona brings with obviously Patino and, and they have good guards and Ross and Gist, but, that 17 with how Alabama plays and the tempo and the pace, how many shots they put up, how many possessions there are, in my opinion, it's really like 13, 14 in that that type of range, how they play. I don't know. I've been saying all year I think Alabama is a bus team come tournament time. Um, I think they get past Iona. I do think Iona sneaks in that number, but I can see this one being real coin flipping down the stretch. Yep, totally agree there. Going from a larger favored two seed to the shortest favored two seed, Grand Canyon and Iowa. Uh, props to Grand Canyon. You know, the Antelopes, they're a, they're a team. They were fun to watch at some points this season, but the way that Iowa scores and, I, like, how is Grand Canyon going to keep up scoring? I'm probably not going to bet this game, but if I did, I would lay the 14 and a half with Iowa because I think they can just score enough points that Grand Canyon is not going to be able to keep up. Yeah, I don't think Grand Canyon, they should have any answer for guards. This is a signature, like, 25-30, 10-15 type game here. Um, yeah, I, I don't see Grand Canyon sticking around in this one. I think it's an early exit for them. We're on the same page there. UConn and Maryland, this sits at three. One of the games I did bet is UConn minus two when this line opened. Um, if you want to lay the three, I think I'm good there. That's probably as high as I would go. Um I think they match up well against against Maryland. I think they have the bodies down low. Cole being in is huge. Book Knight's going to be the best player on the floor. Uh, I have UConn past Alabama in my bracket. I feel like you're going to say the same, given where we just were on Bama. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think UConn can can make a run, and I would have them really capable of making a run if I wasn't so high on Texas there. No, I I, I, I totally agree with you. My one thing of UConn is. How bad do they want it? It seems like every big game, like I, I had a big bet on Crane and the uh, Big East semis, and they played, I will admit, they played better than Crane. They were in control. They are up early by 11. They surrendered that lead. They were up five with like a minute 30 left, surrendered that lead, lost yep. by three. 
I worry about them closing games, and 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 that's I I love UConn minus three. I think Maryland's the most Jekyll and high team ever. I don't think they're any good. I don't like Turgeon. I I think they're. I think UConn wins this game. I think it's gonna be an uncomfortable finish. Though. I I, you know, I don't know. If Book Knight has that true true takeover in him, and if he does, then this UConn team is very dangerous. And I hope to see that from him because they are a really good team with Cole and Sonago down low and and everyone. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I think UConn covers. I think they beat Maryland a close one, and I think they get past Alabama. And hopefully, they're a big enough underdog where I can bet them there. So, yeah, man, we talked about that Creighton game. I left my UConn plus uh, plus two ten biggies ticket unhedged. Yep. Uh, got some clean looks. Can't complain yeah, about that. Because <laughs> we were DMing before the, before that game, because you said you had a future on. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be a great game, and, and I even a bit. That was a, that was a game UConn should have won. So I I enjoy I enjoyed the game. Um, I was I was hoping one of the I mean those the ending that was ridiculous. I was hoping one of those went down, but that but that was a great game. That was fun to be on either side uh, either side of that one. Here's one where everybody is going. It is Ohio and Virginia open <laughs> ten and a half. It's down at seven. I think I got this one at eight on Ohio. Uh, Ohio is a good team. They have good players. They have a great point guard. Virginia is down at least one notable name to COVID. We're not going to learn if that number grows until much closer to this game tipping off. They're not getting to Indy until tomorrow. They're getting immediately tested. Who knows what their situation is going to be there. They might be stepping in this gym for the first time for their game. Like, and then it's Virginia. They they are so slow. They are so susceptible to lose a game like this. I put a sprinkle on the money line. Watch Virginia go from first round exit to national champion to first round exit. Uh, I, I really believe in Ohio in this game. No, I, this isn't even a Virginia fade for me. You know, uh, I think Ohio is You're that high on Ohio. They're nine on one. He spread their last ten. They have one of the best point guards in the nation, Jason Preston. He's a true diamond in the rough. I mean, this guy could could kill high major teams anytime he wants, in my opinion. And he always plays better when the big state. You saw what he did against Illinois earlier this year. Um, and Clark, for him, is a big – I think it's a big mismatch. I think Preston can bully him. Like, a lot of size, yeah. Yeah, he's given up a ton of size at Preston here. Uh, I worry a little bit about them down low versus Huff. But I don't think Huff has true takeover potential here to do it all. I, I like Ohio. I got them going through in all my brackets. I got them being Virginia here. I think that I had the number as soon as it opened. Uh, I love the Bobcats here, man. Love them. Yeah, it's hard not to be on on Ohio in this spot. And I, I love the, you know, just pointing out that matchup with Preston and uh, Clark because it's a very good one. Like <clears throat> when Virginia went on that run, Clark was kind of the perfect piece when they had all those guys. Now they got to rely on him a little bit too much. I don't even remember what game it was where he had to force up a shot at the uh, a three at the end and it was just well short. And it's just, he's not, they're asking too much of him. He's, he's playing too big of a role for them. Uh, I, I think Virginia's going to get bounced here. We're totally on the same page there. Um, here's a game where you can tell me anything and I'll believe it. Missouri, Oklahoma. I have no freaking clue. I, I think that the – I just put stock in the Big 12 being that good this year. I think they – those teams, the amount of times you get tested. But Oklahoma really limped to the finish line there. Um, I had the money line against Kansas. They almost got all the way back. If they could have just put 
anything together in the first half, they would have won that game, uh, but they didn't. I, I lean to Oklahoma here. I have Oklahoma in my bracket. I have no clue what's going to happen in this game, and I'm not betting it. Yeah, I never really believed in Oklahoma this year, even when they, they went on a little run where they'd be like Alabama and Tech, a few teams like ranked in a row. I just was like, nah, I still think they're a little fraudulent. And here they are at the AC now. Um, I really liked them in this game when they had Harmon because Reeves will be the best player on the court. I think he can take over if he wants to take over. Manic's tough and they have good pieces, but but now no Harmon. Missouri's got six seniors on the team, so they're very, they're very veteranish. It's tough. It's tough. I, I, I went from Oklahoma, now I like Missouri. So it's a pass for me, but as of right now, I leave Missouri here. All right. Yeah, so, I mean, just close your eyes and write a team in in your bracket there. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, Abilene Christian and Texas. Abilene Christian is a, a good team, a team that I would consider using in an upset spot against certain teams, but not against Texas. The only thing that concerns me with Texas is Texas because they've had internal battles along yeah. the way but from a talent standpoint they are like a i don't even want to say a poor man's baylor but they're they have those three guards and they have a big in sims that uh is they're just built for a tournament like this a team like that um i have them in in the final four coming out of this region uh i've bet on them to make the sweet 16 that was at 330 on DraftKings when i wrote it up it's now plus 275 to go elite eight then if it is you know a michigan game and maybe they have livers back for some reason like you don't have to worry about about that spot uh yeah i think texas if if you want to we're talking money line parlay pieces this is a piece that you can include in a money line parlay i think yeah i think texas was on DraftKings is minus 112 yes to make the Sweet 16. Sweet 16, yeah. That's a good one. I, I think that's the best. I've watched Abilene Christian. I've watched their highlights. I watched them against high majors when they got blown out to Arkansas. I, I don't think they can play. I mean, Texas athletically at every possession, position, driven guards, chalk is smart. I mean, I like Texas to get the Sweet 16. That's my favorite future bet right there is Texas to make the Sweet 16 on minus 112. Um, there you go. Should have no issues with Abilene Christian. Like you said, it's it's internal though. It is mental with them. Um, hopefully they can start strong and blow at Abilene Christian. I think they carry that. I don't see BYU or either, you know, UCLA or Michigan State troubling them at all either. So yeah, I, I love the May Sweet 16 here. And I love that future right there. Yeah, I, I like the ability to bet on, you know, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, like as far as you want a team to go, and you just consider it as looking at the odds and it's a it's a, you know, a sweet 16 bet is a two team Texas money line parlay. You're yep. getting, you know, pretty standard juice there. That, when they, when they get to whoever is in that next round, you're going to be sitting at much better odds at that minus 112 than if you just left an open parlay or something with, with Texas in the first game, I think. So I'm a big fan on, on Texas futures going sweet 16, elite eight, um, final four and, and hedge or just put a sprinkle there. I, I think there's a lot of ways that you can bet Texas. Yeah, you can take it one step further there, like going to lead eight, like you said. And I mean, they're probably going to be playing who UConn or, or Bama right there. I would think UConn or Bama. I have UConn in my, in my bracket, but like either way, I, I like Texas in that game yep. a lot. So same as my Texas versus UConn. And like you said, the future for the elite eight, that's right there in play as well. Cause they should be able to get past them. So there we go. Last one on the board that you can bet on as of now until we get these play-in games through. Uh, Oregon and VCU. 
I like Oregon minus five. Um, I wish I could stand up for my A-10 guys right here, but they just don't have enough to compete with Oregon, who's historically a great March team. We saw the last time we had a tournament, uh, they did have Peyton Pritchard, which helps quite a bit, but made it through, uh, got hot at the end of regular season, dominate ATS run in the Pac-12, cover, made it to the Sweet 16, lost to Virginia, but still covered. Like They covered, I don't even remember, but 10, 15 games to end that year. They play very well in March. Um, I, I, I like the Ducks here a lot, and I think the Ducks have a, a decent chance against Iowa in the second round, assuming they get through. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think VCU may have enough to squeeze in the number here. Um, I love Bones Highland, the A-10 player of the year. I think he's really good. Um, but like you said, I don't even think Oregon's played their best basketball yet. I think they're built for a run in March. And I have them. I have them making a run here. I actually think they beat BC. I think they can beat Iowa too. They match up great. I have Iowa going to the Sweet Sixteen right there, playing uh, right. Kansas. So that'll be another great game. So they might even make the Elite Eight even. So, all right, there we go. Um, all right, let's look at a couple of these teams we haven't talked about because of the play-in games. <clears throat> Gonzaga doesn't matter who wins that first game, who they get. Uh, that's a team that you mentioned you might have interest in backing in the first round. Uh, you can touch on that again briefly if you want, but really the question here is what type of long-term outlook do you have on the Zags? I think they're, I, I like you have a plus a thousand on, on the Zags from, from preseason. I have the Zags plus a thousand Villanova plus 1400 injuries, kill that one, whatever. And Illinois plus uh 2,500. I think the Zags path all the way to the national championship game is one of the easier ones, not easier ones. One of the, it's a clear path for them to, to get there. Uh, very tough to imagine them making an early exit in this tournament. What is the earliest you see them getting tripped up? Where do you have them winding up? I mean, their region, man, I, I think is a cakewalk for them. Um, I do think their hardest game might be the 8-9 because I don't think they, they – I mean, BYU, you could say, is a good team, but, you know – I don't think they've played a really strong, solid team in a while. So maybe Missouri-Oklahoma can be like a little bit of a, a tough game for them. But after that, man, I, I think they can cruise. I I got them in the national championship. I hope they get there. I don't see why they can't get there. Winning it is a different thing, but why they couldn't get there, I don't see why not. That's what I'm – I mean, I think we're all hoping like – I think the Zags get there for sure. And then hopefully get the winner of an unbelievable Baylor, Illinois game. And then uh, that'll be time to really find out if the Zags are, are for real or not. Um, okay. The, so here's the spot. We just talked about BYU a little, I have the winner of the Michigan state UCLA game. I don't really care who it is. I think they're going to beat BYU. I think they're going to advance. I'm going to, put that one in there no matter who wins i hope it's michigan state number one because that means i win a bet on thursday on michigan state and number two uh just because i think they have the better chance of, of beating byu between those two teams uh any any thoughts there uh if it's ucla i lean byu if it's michigan state i lean michigan state there all right there we go so it does matter to you who wins that one then um where are the other playing games we have wichita and drake playing oh you at usc uh this one you know, Drake's good. They're capable of making a run. It's nice that they have a body back, but that size with USC is going to be a big problem. I, I have USC through no matter who wins that game. 
Yeah, I do as well. I don't think either team can stop the Melby brothers down low. Just, yeah, too much. I think the Trojans advance there. All right. And then uh, what's the last one that I'm missing? Who haven't we talked about? Oh, uh, we haven't talked about Michigan. Um, yep. Yes, yeah. They're, like we said, the most vulnerable of the one seeds. I could. I, I do think that eight nine game is going to give Michigan a real test. Yep. Uh, I don't think they have the most difficult of of regions either until you get to like a Texas. So in my bracket, I have Michigan in the Elite Eight. I'm not totally confident that they will be there, but if they do, I really like Texas in that game. Um, no real bets or strong takes though on on Michigan. They're just going to miss livers a lot. They'll miss livers. I think they go down the Bonnies or LSU. I think that game's going to give them fits. I, I seriously think they're around 32 exit. Um, if they happen to be fortunate enough to make the Sweet 16 and stuff, I think Florida State can knock them off. I think Texas can be. I, I, I don't see them making it out of this region. I really don't. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to be going to be tested there. Yeah. Um, all right, we made it through the bracket. Uh, it took some time, took some digging. Uh, as I said on Monday, you know, the stuff that I have, the official games that I've bet so far are Oregon state plus eight and a half UNC minus one and a half and Yukon minus two. Um, there certainly will be ads that, uh, that I will have on, on Twitter. Um, I'm sure Nick will have some plays up on Twitter at turnstone capper. If you're not following him, you should absolutely give him a follow. Um, if I recall, you're on a ridiculous streak of free plays, I believe. Uh, seven and zero free play run right now. There you go. Can't uh can't fade that. Um, just to recap, do you want to give out the stuff that you you have bet? Um, sure. that you gave out on here. Yep. So uh, I'm on App State minus two and a half. I see they said minus three and a half on DraftKings currently. I would play that. That'd be the last number I play. Um, my heaviest lean with Julian is Michigan uh, State. Minus two and a half on DraftKings. Think that's good to go. Um, I will be on Oral Roberts plus sixteen currently on DraftKings. Um, let's see what else. I have locked in Houston minus nineteen half in the league now minus twenty. Think that's a thirty point route. So I love that play. On Villanova minus six and it's still currently minus six on DraftKings. So think that's another ten plus game for Villanova. And then. I have one early lock for Saturday so far. It's Bonaventure plus two. And I have some on the money line sprinkled. Love them there. UCSB plus seven, now six and a half. I would still play that. And yeah, that's that's all for my opening round. And I would oh, and Ohio I got opening night. Now plus seven. Very it's it's tough to play plus seven. Honestly, I just would sprinkle the money line and I think it's gonna be a great entertaining game. So I was going to say, forgot that one. Ohio plus eight is one that I've bet. Add that one on. I think I would bet them plus seven and still just sprinkle money line. I'm, I'm pretty confident in them in this spot. Um, I think just judging by our conversation, I think we have the same final four, Zags, Texas, Baylor, Illinois. I I think that Florida State gets there instead of Texas. Florida State, exactly. oh, wow. Florida State, Baylor, and then. Illinois, but but watch out for Houston there versus Illinois. Okay, there we go. Uh, all right, now I got to put you on the spot. Who wins it? Does we we think we feel very strong that the Zags are going to be in that game? Do the Zags have what it takes, or is that hopefully Baylor Illinois winner uh, 
too much. Zag's not tested for that game. Future right now, Illinois. Um, I think it's wool. It's like plus five hundred, plus six hundred right now. Um, it might even be. Let me tell you. Hold on. Which I still think is great value, honestly. Plus six hundred. Plus six hundred. In my opinion, that's value. I already have Gonzaga plus a plus a thousand from uh, preseason. So hopefully they can meet. I just you know get boom instant profit. But I do think Illinois has the complete makeup roster, the depth, the hand the Zags with first L of the year. And I, I and I think that's where it comes for the Zags and the Yeah, I mean so. that one two punch they have is is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and then my only my only concern is my only concern is if they peak too early uh, by you know that week of yeah by that week of road wins that they got and then making yeah. it through the Big Ten. They've been on a giant run. That's why I, I'm really hoping that momentum just like their confidence just carries over game by game by game here. Because I do, I I am hoping. I will tell you right now. I have I will have a big bet if both teams are healthy on Illinois when they play in the rematch versus Baylor. I'm I am hoping for that matchup. Hoping for like a pick on minus one, minus two, plus one, plus two line there, and I'll be all over Illinois today. So. All right, there we go. Um, I'm Julian Edlow. You can follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. I will have a ton of March Madness content coming out. He is Nick Greeley. You can follow him on Twitter at Turnstone Capper. Um, and this is the Unreasonable Odds podcast, and it is the greatest time of the year. Nick, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you, Julian. Have a great day. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.